Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Breaking financial hardships part three. Hallelujah. There are some possessions that the house of Jacob must possess. Please do not stop at the deliverance and do not stop at the holiness. Reach the possessions. It is all what you find in Zion. Zion has deliverance. Zion has holiness. But Zion also has possessions. And that is what this series is all about. To help you realize that there are things God set aside just for you. Amen. This morning I will be teaching you yet another aspect on this series, Breaking Financial Hardships. I hope you enjoy what I thought last week. Last week I was dealing with some serious, serious matters. The root cause of financial hardships. And it is true that I did not do enough justice to that particular, um, you know, aspect because of time. And, but God is going to give us grace. I don't believe that one series is enough for, really, for us to really get free. But it's a start. Amen. And those of us that will press deeper, you know, I'm sure there are other materials out there that, you know, God has used other men of God to put together that you can find. And all of this is to help you. You know, you might not find the whole truth in what I'm teaching, but it can at least give you an introduction to the truth. And as you keep seeking God deeper, my desire is that you will experience true financial break, uh, true breaking of financial hardship in your life. And that you will actually possess your possession. Breaking financial hardships, that's the deliverance. But don't stop there. Access the possessions. Amen? This morning, I'm going to tackle another aspect of this same subject, the spirituality of prosperity. The spirituality of prosperity. And it's interesting to realize that before you possess your possession, there must be holiness and there must be deliverance. Deliverance is usually connected to spirits, which emphasizes or which implies that if you have to be delivered before you can get your possession, it could mean that a spirit is holding your possessions. It could be that there are spiritual forces that are responsible for you not accessing your possessions. The spirituality of prosperity. Let me start by making you aware this morning that a spirit has the capacity of making you rich. Amen. 
We know wealth and prosperity as accessible, maybe like through a work or through a business. You know, like just things you do and then you get something. But that is by far, in my personal opinion, the lowest level of access. In fact, I yet have to find a man that prospered by working. Like just going to work, getting a salary, and you became prosperous, you started owning a lot of things. It's not possible. Because your salary sometimes is not even enough for your need for that man. So if you are looking at your salary to prosper, then I don't think you, you are serious. The reality is the people you see prospering, they'll go to work like you and me. But what you don't know is that beyond the work, beyond the job, there are other forces that work to help the person experience what you see happening in their lives. Amen. I'm sure you have heard time and time again these particular things being said, you know, like somebody, for example, is just unusually prosperous. Like the person is just making money unusually and very fast. I don't think we usually associate that with his work. Especially here in Africa. When we see you making money very fast and a lot of it, we already know that you've touched something. And the thing you've touched is not in this realm. We know it. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. If we quickly, we quickly associate, if we can quickly associate wealth, quick money with spirits, then you understand what this morning I'm teaching about, the spirituality of prosperity. If you agree that if somebody is propelling very fast, things are happening too quickly, sometimes we become scared that maybe there's a spirit behind all those happenings, then you will agree with me this morning, therefore, that the spirit can make you rich, not just your work. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, down to 10. The Bible says, again, the devil, and please understand, the devil is a spirit being. The devil took Jesus along on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, he said to Jesus, this is part of the temptation of Jesus. Satan, a spirit being, took Jesus to a high mountain and when he got Jesus on the mountain, the Bible says he said to him, all these I will give you. If you fall down and worship me, a spirit being offering wealth, riches, fame to a, a being that is on this realm, and he's telling him, I will give you all these things, but not in the spirit. You will actually have them physically. The spirituality of prosperity. 
If you keep reading, Jesus didn't say, Satan, you are lying, you are the spirit. How can the spirit give somebody something this sight? He understood that the man can do it, but it is the condition that Jesus had a problem with. If you bow down and worship me. So Jesus answered, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. But Jesus did not say, Satan, you are lying, you, these things are not real. He went straight to the point of the condition. Which means, and I'm sure you've seen it, you've heard of people selling their souls to the devil. You've heard about those things. I don't need to tell you. You've heard of people going to some places to get power. You've heard of people going to some places to get money. Oh yeah. You've heard of people sacrificing people so they can become rich. I'm sure you've heard of, of those things. But nothing is about work at that level. Nothing is about your degree at that level. At that level is spirits supplying capacity for wealth. Are you listening to me? This is very important. You need to understand this. That a spirit, the point I'm trying to make is that a spirit has the capacity eh, of making you wealthy and prosperous. I'm sure you've heard of certain, you know, societies, secret societies. I don't want to mention the names. A whole lot of them offer or they advertise wealth. Join us, you will become rich. And those secret societies are spiritual societies. They are not like your normal school where you go and study during the day. So if Satan can make somebody rich, it means Satan can make somebody poor. If a spirit can enrich a person, I hope you realize that a spirit can also impoverish a person. So sometimes, like last week I was telling you, these, things, uh, these ancestral covenants, you need to understand that not everything is connected to you not having a job or to you having a lower job. No, 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 no. Sometimes, if a spirit can prosper a person, it means a spirit can also be behind the hardship of a person. As far as prosperity is concerned. The good news this morning is that Satan is not the only one who can prosper a person. As a matter of fact, every true prosperity comes from God. Not from your work. Your work is what we use as a facade for you to see. But behind that work, and I'm not taking down playing the work, please don't miss next week. I'll be teaching on the laws of prosperity. You will understand that there are certain laws that must be in place before somebody prospers. And because there are quite a number of them, I'm going to do them in two parts so that you can, you can understand it. Now, every true prosperity is from God. Every true prosperity is not, every true prosperity is not from your business. Every true prosperity is not from your education. Every true prosperity will not come from even your inheritance. Every true prosperity, true, I'm talking about true prosperity, 
comes from God. And God is a spirit. Proverbs 10, 22. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. So a blessing from a spirit realm can make somebody rich in the physical realm. The spirituality of prosperity. I know a lot of you are listening to me this morning. You are thinking that I'm just giving some nice scriptures. But as you watch with me, you're going to realize that maybe this is the missing link. Maybe you have never understood. You believe that somebody can go to a shrine and get wealth. But you don't believe that somebody can come to God and God prospers that person. So you are coming to God, carrying your baggage, hoping that God can maybe heal you, but then you, so that you can go and work all your life. You don't believe that God has the capacity of changing your story. This verse clearly says, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes a person rich. And for you to know that it is him who blessed the person, he adds no sorrow to it. Deuteronomy 8, 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. What could be clearer than this one? You shall remember, and many people forget the Lord their God, not just that after he prospered them, they don't even remember him to say, Lord, help me prosper. Like they don't remember him at that level. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Wealth comes from God, my brother. Prosperity comes from God. Satan is just a counterfeit. That's all. John 3, 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to set the ground for you to understand that heaven has the capacity of prospering a person. A man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. So when you see people prospering, including those who don't come to church, not all of them are into Sangomas and into these things. No, some of them are genuinely blessed by God. The only problem missing in their life is that they don't know Jesus Christ. James 1.17, every good and every perfect gift is from above. And please understand, good and perfect gifts are not only with Christians. They are all from above. They are all from above. In the hands of children that don't know who is their father yet. That's all. They come down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Praise the Lord. I hope you are seeing from the scriptures that I'm giving you that indeed 
God has the capacity of prospering your life. There is a part in God that can prosper a person. And we find it in other scriptures. I'm just going to give you a few examples of people that God prospered. Number one, God prospered Peter. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 7. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, We have worked hard all night without catching anything. Sounds like you and me. I've been on this earth for years, pushing, crashing, working, and nothing is moving. I've worked hard for 25 years, and I have nothing to show for it. Master, we've worked hard all night. Sounds like you and me. I've worked hard for this company for 25 years. I've worked hard in this business for so many years. We've worked hard all night. That is how the master finds you when he comes. He comes, he has something for you, but he finds that you are already exhausted because this system you and I are in is designed to exhaust you, is designed to deflate you and deplete you. That is what this system is all about. You work hard and you have nothing to show. (laughs) You work hard and you have nothing to show. We've worked hard all night. All night. And we caught nothing. How possible can that be? And this happened to Peter more than once. But because you say so, because you say so, because Jesus says to him, look, launch into the deep and throw your nets. That's all. That's the instruction. Come and see how a man that was broke for a very long time An instruction from a God is now about to change his entire experience without him having to work equally hard. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, the Bible says they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to sink. Or to tear. We work hard all night, caught nothing. God steps into the boat, says, Go a little bit there, throw the nets. He does, too much fish. His problem now is no more that I didn't catch nothing. His problem now becomes that I caught too much. It's now a lot. It became so much, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that the boat also began to sink. One catch, the nets are breaking, the boats are sinking. Broad daylight, nobody fishes during the day. Broad daylight when the fish can see the net. 
Why the fishermen fish at night? Because the fish can't see the night in the, the net. In the, it can't see in the night, in, in the dark. So he gets into the net. But during the day, every fish will see that this thing is, this is, this is a barrier. I cannot go here. Right in broad daylight, Jesus said, just throw the net over there. And all the fish just went straight inside. Why? Because all those things are controlled by God. Money is controlled by God. Two weeks ago, we learned that silver and gold are his. He decides. Brothers, if you could understand what I'm teaching you this morning, you will stop moving around and you will start settling with God. Yeah. A lot of us are like Martha. We work all night. Nothing, nothing to show. Like Peter, you are just working. You don't see God. You don't come to church. You don't believe. Even the time you are here now, you are feeling that you are wasting your time. You might even be feeling that you are wasting this precious moment. Jesus was in that boat not for more than two hours. The man caught so much fish. I don't think in his entire career as a fisherman, I don't think he had ever caught such a number of such amount of fish in his whole life. But it was just one move. So you need to choose. Working hard all by yourself or working with the Lord, following his directions. And that's how people start prospering. Please understand, Peter was not sitting in his house and boom, the fish started jumping out of nowhere. No, he was in the sea, in his boat. So he's still working, but he's working with divine instructions. And that is what brings the prosperity. He's still working. He even has to get partners to come and help him. The only difference is that he worked hard all night alone. Now he's working with the Lord. And the results have changed. God can help you prosper. Jesus can help you prosper. In your business, in your ministry, in your career, anything that you are working hard currently and there are no results, could it be you are on your own? Could it be you have ignored the master? It's as if you don't believe the master can have a say on that thing. I mean, Jesus came to preach in the boat of Peter. Jesus is not a fisherman. They've never seen him fishing. As they know, he's a carpenter. How can a carpenter be instructing a fisherman what to do? Takes humility. Takes humility. God prospered Abraham. Isaiah 51 verse 2. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. God is saying he is the one who increased Abraham. Abraham did not increase himself. As a matter of fact, Abraham couldn't have a child with Sarah in the first place. God prospered Job. Job chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him? Around his household? And around all that he has in every side, you have blessed the works of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. 
Because God is telling Job, have you considered, God is telling Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him. And Satan is answering back and saying, is Job serving you for nothing? Isn't it that Job is serving you because number one, you have put an edge around him. You see what it takes to prosper? There must be an edge around you. Because there is something called the devourers. There are some, some of the things called the caterpillars. The canker worms. They are specialists in destroying your little prosperity. Without that edge, everything you work goes. So there is an edge. Some of us, eh, you know, you work hard that if there was an edge around you, you'd be prospering by now. But there's no edge. So the devourer just come, sickness, disease, accident, this, that, things are just taking every day. May God set an edge around you. An edge, an edge. It's not enough to earn money. You need an edge around you. And Satan took note that there is an edge around this man. There's an edge. That's why I am not able to penetrate him. There's an edge. Number two. You have set an edge around him and around his household. Please understand that you can be safe, but if your children are not safe, you will still suffer. Many people cannot prosper, not because they are not working hard, but because at the family level, there's no edge. There's no edge. The child will just come with a problem from nowhere, 10,000 is gone. You just bought a car, your, child, your son decides to go and test drive it, goes and hit a Lamborghini. 100,000 is not needed. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. The edge must be around you and around your household. Not just around you. The edge must be around your children. The edge must be even around your dog because your dog can go and bite another person and bring a problem in the house that will take that little money you are trying to save. Prosperity is spiritual. Very spiritual. An edge you can't see. Or a hedge. I don't know how you're calling it an edge or an edge. Whatever that is, there's something around this man. But it is also around his children. It is around his properties. It is around his houses. Satan cannot access the man. Many times you are praying, but your wife is not praying, all your children are exposed, all your belongings are exposed, and through those avenues, the prosperity is paralyzed. It's paralyzed. He says, and around all that he has on every side. So it is possible to have an edge on one side. But Job had the edge on every side. So when Satan comes from the north, there's an edge. From the south, there's an edge. From the west, there's an edge. From the east, there's an edge. On every, may you receive protection on every side. On every side. On every side. On your health, there is protection. On your finances, there is protection. In your relationship, there is protection. In your possession, there is protection. In your properties, there is protection. On every side. On every side. 
Satan cannot now attack your business because he's trying your health. He's, he can't take you down on your health. I say, oh, there is a strong protection on the health, but there is no protection on the business. Okay, I'm going to attack from the business, and before you realize, the prosperity that was building up is going to go down. This is what is destroying us. Because we think it's just about a degree. The degree is important, don't get me wrong. I keep telling you that. But if you don't have that edge. And this is what is destroying many of us. Hagar calls it a pocket with holes. A pocket with holes. You keep putting money inside, but the money doesn't stay. You put money inside, the money never stays. Pocket with holes. This series is about all closing those holes. Every message is coming to close a hole. Every message is to close one hole in your pockets. So that something can start staying. You have blessed the work of his hands. So you can work without the blessing of God. The blessing must come on the work. You must work still. And I will teach you this next week on the, the laws of prosperity. That is a very important law, the law of work. God will not bless a lazy man because there will be no result there. God prospered David. I'm just showing you people God prospered to inspire your faith this morning in believing that this service is not a waste of your time. It's actually maybe the main thing that you're playing against or, or playing games with. God prospered David. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 8. The Bible says, when God was now talking back to David after he slept with another man's wife and killed the man, God is saying to him, I gave you your master's house. Talking about soul. God is telling David, I gave you your master's house. Do you understand God can give you a house? <laughs> God can give you the house of another person. Ay, 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 ay. God, God can remove a person and place you there. The house that David inherited, he didn't build it. Do you know what it takes to build a house? God is not saying, I gave you the bricks. He says, I gave you your master's house. And your master, you can imagine if somebody is your master, maybe you are a slave. You know where slaves stay. And then somebody says, I'm giving you the house of your master. Imagine a master's house. The type of things that are in a master's house. So when God says, I've given you your master's house, he is not taking the time to mention the type of things that you find there. But they are not similar to a servant's house. I gave you your master's house. And your master's wives into your keeping. Lord, help us. And I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. I gave you two countries at one. And listen to God. God says, and if that had been too little, I would have given you much more. Like I was ready to, <laughs> I was ready to give you more. If this, if you were saying that uh, my master's house and the wives of my master and the and the uh, his, uh, like it's too little. God said, no problem. How much do you want? I can give you more. Do you know that God can give you more? God can give you more. God is saying to David, if that was little, I could have given you more. I could have given you more. Malam, malam, malam. I could have given you more. 
Those of us that are thinking, no, God is holding things from me. God is telling David, look, I could have given you more. If you are not happy, you didn't have to go and kill another man's wife. If it is more women you wanted, I could have given you more. If it is more, whatever you wanted, I had the capacity to give it to you. You didn't have to go and compromise. I could have given you more. God prospered Solomon. I'm giving you people, these are people who had powerful encounters with God. And God has been prospering all these people. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1, 11 to 12. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Hmm. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. God says, I will give you riches. So God can give a human being riches. God says, I will give you wealth. Understand this morning, there is a dimension in God that has that key. Not everybody you see prospering is prospering because you are working hard. Their hard work combined in a thousand years cannot produce the results they are having. Please understand that. There is another agency that is behind the scene. That is opening doors here, rearranging circumstances over there. May that agency start working for you. May that agency start working for you. It is called the blessing of the Lord. It is called the blessing of the Lord. It makes poor men rich. It makes dummies blessed people. The blessing of the Lord, that is what that thing is called. When it lands on you, you just see how you start rising off the ground like you were inside an helicopter. You are still on the same spot, but you are not rising. Pam, 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 pam. You are not running first. You know a plane must first go that way, then turn around, then go this way, then turn back, then go that way. The helicopter, right where you are. You don't make a lot of, you just start rising. Pa, 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 pa. I'm trying to tell you, right in that house where you are staying, right in that backyard where you are staying, if the blessing of God lands on you, you will see how you will start rising above those circumstances like this. You will start rising. You will start rising. The Bible says kings will come to the brightness of your rising. You're rising. There is a rising in you. The Bible says, arise and shine. Your light has come. And that light is the word you are receiving this morning. That light is going to cause you to start rising up. You will start mounting up. You will start arising higher by the blessing of God. Things that your career cannot produce. Things that your degrees cannot produce. Things that your father never dreamt of. Things that nobody in your family has ever seen. If the blessing can land on you. Tell me who was king in the house of, of David. Who was king in the family of David before? Who had ever been a master's house owner before in the house of David? When the blessing of God starts touching your life, it starts changing everything. 
People of God, that is what we need in these days. In this wicked world, tribalistic world, racial world, where if you are not a certain color, you cannot get certain things. If you are not of a certain tribe, you cannot get somewhere. If you are not of a certain gender, you can never be accepted. My brother and my sister, understand, you're going to need something beyond the natural for you to make an impact. You're going to need something else. God prospered the Israelites in Egypt. I'm just giving you those people that God prospered. And maybe that will inspire you. Exodus 12, 35 to 36. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Do you know God can give you favor? Be just before you go to make a deal. God gives you favor so much so that the deal is not according to the person who was in charge of the deal. The deal becomes according to you. That has happened to me before. Where I decide this is what I'm going to pay. <laughs> and I'm not the man who owns the deal. You are the one with the deal. But God told me, tell them this is what you're going to give them. And they just comply. Why? Because God has given me favor in their sight. The same thing, you come and ask for it, you will, you will not believe the type of person will ask you to pay. You will not believe the price you will have to pay. But when he is the one behind you, he will make your enemies like you. And they will wake up later and say, what have we done? That is what happened to these guys. After they left with all the money of Egypt, Egypt woke up and said, hey, what has happened? We cannot let this happen. These people have taken everything. They started following them. It was too late. By the time your boss wakes up, he will realize he has made you his boss. Then it will be too late for him to reverse what he has already done. You are joking. I'm not joking. I'm telling you the truth. God has the capacity. I heard the story of a young man who wanted to be promoted. And the boss told him, you will, as long as I'm the one working here, you will never be promoted. He told him straight to his face. The young man went to the God of heaven, the owner of the boss, and told him, told God, Lord, I feel you want to promote me, but the man says I cannot be promoted. As long as he is there, I cannot be promoted. Oh, God said, no problem. Then let, let's shift him. The, the guard went to work the next day. He found that they have transferred the boss to another branch. The new person that was there promoted the guy. After the guy is promoted, oh, they realized, no, they made a mistake. They were not supposed to transfer that guy. They brought him back. So this is what God did. God transferred him, promoted his son, reversed the transfer. And it, 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 it is already done. Many of you will wake up and say, it is already done. There's nothing you can do about it. It is already done. It is already done. You cannot change it. It is already done. I came to tell somebody this morning, you will say one day, it is already done. And you cannot change it. Because the God of heaven has come true for me. 
Brothers and sisters, the Bible says that the whole earth lies under wickedness. This world has wicked people. If God does not help you, who can help you? Who can help you in this world? Where you are sitting there thinking that somebody will wake up one morning and they will promote you, they will give you a job. You are joking. You are jo they also have their family members. They have their cousins. They have their old, old friends. Yet the job that you need is in their hands. How are you going to get that job? You need the blessing from heaven to hit that place. That's what is needed. That's why our children are sitting at home. Because they are relying on their CVs. Let me tell you something. Your CV holds no water. Let me tell you today. If you are thinking that it is your CV that will get you that degree or that job, you are joking. May God cause you to have favor. 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 The name of Jesus. And I came to tell you, God is going to prosper you. Hallelujah. God has prospered David. God has prospered Solomon. God has prospered all these guys. God is also going to prosper you. He will do it. Amen. The reason why I know that he's going to do it because he says in Isaiah 45 verse 13, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place in the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I did not say to this guy, seek me for nothing. Even Satan was wise enough to mention that is Job serving you for nothing? I did not ask the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. You are not following Jesus in vain. You are not going to church in vain. I did not ask the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. Like at the end of the day, there will be nothing to show for it. Mark 10 verse 28, the Bible says, Peter spoke up. The reason why Peter spoke up, because the other ones were speaking down. They were speaking down, they were, they, were, they were murmuring, they were speaking low, 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 low. Nobody wanted to talk because they were all afraid to speak. But thank God for Peter. Peter spoke up. Peter, Peter spoke up. And he said, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. I mean, we've left, I left my boyfriend, I left my previous job, I left these things I used to do. They used to bring me some small, small, small yana money. I used to go here and I would lie like this and I'll get this. I've left all those my things to follow you, Jesus. Am I following you in vain? Am I going to church in vain? Am I, am I singing in vain? Am I doing these things in vain? What is going to happen? What is going to happen? Am I doing this in vain? We've left everything to follow you, Jesus. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one. If Jesus said no one, it means you are included. Except you are not following Jesus. But Jesus says no one who has left home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields, for me. You see, not for you, for him. He says, if you've left anything for him. So the question this morning is, what have you left for him? Have you left anything? Like you still have access to it. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, you are saying, I, I'm doing this no more. 
Because of Jesus, you are saying, I'm going this way no more. I'm leaving this guy for Jesus. I'm leaving this job for Jesus. I, you know, the job gave me money, but the things I'm doing in that job, I don't think they are right for Jesus. I'm leaving these friends for Jesus. I'm abandoning these ways for Jesus. These habits, these techniques that I usually do. Don't leave things because of your own problems and then you are not saying Jesus have left something. No. If you left it for him, out of your love towards him, he says, and the gospel, meaning and the church, you have left certain things because of the church. You have left certain things because of Jesus and because of the church. Wow. Because of this church, I no more go here. I no more do this. Is it in vain? Peter is asking Jesus, I mean, we've left everything to follow you, sir. What's going to happen? Man, let's talk. Peter spoke up because the other guys were speaking down. They were all asking themselves questions because every human being has certain needs. Jesus says, if you leave those things for me and the gospel, that you will not fail to receive a hundred times, a hundred times as much in this present age and it starts remaining them. Homes. Not a home, homes. You see, I have believed this scripture literally. You go ahead, you are believing God for a flat. I'm believing God for homes because I have left homes. I left the home of my father. I left the home of some friends. I left the home of some uncles. I could have been living there. I left for the sake of the kingdom. So he says you will receive in this present age. This is Jesus speaking. You will receive homes. You will receive brothers, sisters. That is where your husband and your wife are. Because anybody that will become your husband will first be a brother. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. You always have a saying brother so and so. Then it becomes beloved so and so. So inside brother and sister lies your husband and your wife. If you've left a boyfriend that is a beloved inside the brother, the brother package. If you've left a girlfriend, there is a wife inside the sister's package. Mothers, children, and fields. What are fields? Fields are businesses. A business you have to leave. Jesus says you will gain another type of business. Oh, yeah. Lima to machele pelage. Along with some persecution, meaning it's not going to be easy. As you are just sitting there waiting for things to fall from the sky, Jesus says the things that are going to come as a result of what you left, those things will come with some persecution. So before you get the beloved, there will be some serious temptations and some serious this and some serious that. Some serious rejection there and there. Those are persecution but you have to withstand them until you inherit your possession. And in the age to come, eternal life. It's clear. Jesus is saying, in this present age, there are certain things you're supposed to get. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. 
and along with persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. That's the good, I mean, I like this deal. I don't know about you, but me, this is a good deal for me. I'm enjoying this deal. I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus, we, are, we can move. And you see, after here, Peter didn't ask any more questions. He said, no, we are good, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's move on, I'm sorted. I'm sorted. Four reasons why God wants to prosper you. Number one, so that you can meet your needs. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is concerned about your needs. Please, let nobody deceive you that God doesn't care about your toiletry. God doesn't care about your this. God cares about those things. The Bible says before you ask, God already knows what you're going to ask. God cares about your needs. Now, the reason why God needs to prosper you is because he needs to supply those needs. He wants to see your needs met. Now, come out of that delusion that for, for, for it to be that God has met my need, it means I'm sitting at home, maybe I was trusting God for a roll horn, oh Lord, I'm trusting you for a roll horn, oh, I'm trusting you for a roll horn, I'm trusting you for a roll horn, a roll horn, a roll horn, a roll horn, roll, 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 and then there's a knock on your door, hmm, brother Sepiso, you know, I was just passing by, I'm from Spa, and I heard a voice saying to me, I must give you a roll horn. The Lord has answered. You see, that is what you want to see before you can know that God has answered you for your need. But let me tell you how God meets your need without making too much noise. Genesis 2.15 Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tender and to keep it. One of the number one ways through which God is going to meet your needs, God is going to give you a job. God is going to open an opportunity. He will put you in a garden where to work. And as you are working in that place, a lot of your needs are going to be met. God is going to give you a business idea or is going to give you business. Not that God took the man, placed him in the clouds. And then he commanded the, 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 the birds to go and give him banana whenever he needs banana. Because, no, 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 no. I created the whole thing. Come and work. As you are working, you will see mango. You can cut mango and eat. As you are working, you will see banana. You can cut banana and eat. But you, you don't think that is God, you see. You don't think that it is God who made that way. You think it is your CV. That's why you are always feeling, no, I don't want to be in this job anymore. I want to go and work for God. What you don't understand is that that particular job is that God has taken you and placed you in a garden so that your needs can be met. By the time you leave that place, you fall down to the second reason why God wants to give you a job. The second reason why God wants to prosper you is so that you are not a burden to others. The first reason why God needs to prosper you as his child is because you have needs and he wants your needs to be met. The second reason is he doesn't want you to be a burden to other people. 
First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, the Bible says, make it your goal. Make it. Tell your neighbor, make it your goal. Your goal. This is your goal. He says, make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding your own business. It's in your Bible. Make it your goal to mind your own business. To live a quiet life. And make it your goal to work with your hands. Just as we instructed you before. So Paul was not saying this for the first time. He told them this before. He says, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live. And you will not need to depend on others. You see, that's the point. You will not need to depend on others. You will not need, you, you see, that need of dependency. That need, you always need to depend. Paul says, once you make it your goal to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, you will never need to depend on others. I don't know why you have become all of, the, all of a sudden quiet there in that house. I don't know. God knows. Proverbs 25, verse 17. Let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house. Or he will become wary of you and hate you. Your foot must be very rarely in your neighbor's house. Like your neighbor must not see you every so ever so often. Because the Bible says he will become weary of you. And he will hate you. He will hate you. This is why God wants to meet, God wants to prosper you. They say, when you are prosperous, do you need to go? In fact, it is your neighbor that has to come to you. You don't go to your neighbor. But when you don't have prosperity... Before you realize, you need to go and ask for sugar. You need to go and ask for salt. You need to go and sit there and talk about things you spoke about three years ago. You repeat the same story over and over again. Because again, you cannot just come and say, hey, you have to come and speak first and, and say a lot of things. Say a lot of things. Finally, for lunchtime. So you come like around 10, 30, 11-ish, then you can start hitting your story, you prepare your story list. Why torture yourself like this? When God looks at those things, he says, no, 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 I need my son to have something to do. I need my daughter to have something to do. Then you don't have to be moving around people's houses. And when people see you, they say, hey, she's come again. I wonder why, what, what is this now? He, he's, he's there again at the door. You know that feeling, I felt it before. When people can feel you have come again. What is it again this time? What story are you going to tell us this time? Then you say, hey, you guys, did you hear the rain last night? Hey, it was raining, eh? They thunder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I couldn't sleep. They say, hey, hey. 
We know you didn't come here for thunder. There's something you come here for. Number three, God wants to prosper you so that you are a blessing to others. Number one, to meet your need. Number two, so that you are not a burden to others. Do you understand why it's important for you to prosper? As you are sitting there just enjoying being a burden to others, it's not good. They will get weary one day. Last week I told you that it's not right that in that whole family, only one person is the breadwinner. Let's have three people, four people, five people. Then we are really breaking financial hardship. So that you are a blessing to others. Genesis 12 verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. That is the ultimate goal of God, that in prospering you, you see, let me tell you something this morning. Those of you that have been listening to this series and you feel it doesn't concern you, I don't, I don't blame you. Your problem is that maybe God met your needs, and possibly God has met the needs of your family. So you don't think that there is anything else you need. As far as this message is concerned, you are sorted. How selfish could that be? Do you know how many other people could be changed if your status could change a little bit more? Do you know how many souls could even know God if you could have a bit more and you understood why God is giving you more? A lot of you watching me this morning, you're just saying, ah, pastor, you tell them, you are okay. I mean, I'm sorted, the roll-on is there, everything is there, so I'm sorted. Yeah, the roll-on is there for you, but what about the other people? Have you thought about the other people? Or you don't think that concerns you? So what light of the world are you? If you are just fighting for you and your family. God told Abraham, the whole earth will be blessed through you. The whole earth. Jesus didn't say you are the light of your family. He said you are the light of the world. World means people beyond your family. I pity you, my brother, if all your prosperity is for your family, then you are not prosperous yet. You are still at the second level. God wants to take you to the third level. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Not just your family members. Let us do good to all people as we have opportunity. Many times you have the opportunity, but you don't have the financiality. And that is because your heart has remained so small. You are just getting for you and your children. He says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Your brothers and your sisters in that church where you are, do you know that if you could just rise a little bit higher, they will get better? They will get better. Things will get better. So prosperity is not just for you. 
And that's why people are having, no, 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 I'm against this prosperity message. People just want to build greed. That is people who don't understand the value of what God is trying to do. But true prosperity will reach people beyond your reach. It's for more people than you and your family. Many people that have blessed me are not even connected to me, like family-wise. And I have been a blessing to people that are not connected to me family-wise. So please, stop seeing just you and your children. The world is bigger than that. Way bigger than that. And lastly, why does God bless you? As I close. So that you can help advance his kingdom. That is the last, which is actually the most important reason why God is going to bless you. Is that through you, his kingdom will gain a higher momentum. Through what he's going to place in your hand, somebody can know him. Brothers and sisters, this is where it gets very important. In fact, this is where James says you ask but you don't receive. Why? Because you are asking for your own last. God is not finding his purposes in your asking. 1 Chronicle 22 verse 11 says, Now, my son, may the Lord be with you and may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. Do you understand the prosperity and the purpose? May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. May you prosper and build the house of the Lord. That is the purpose of prosperity. God needs you to prosper because buildings don't fall from the sky. They don't fall from the sky. If you follow the story of Solomon, God blessed him, but he used most of the thing God gave him in the house of God. Because that is how it is. Are you listening to me? Do you know why the rich fool was called the rich fool? It's very simple. He didn't understand the purpose of prosperity. Let me read you his story as I close. Luke 12, verse 15 to 21. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. Like you are just accumulating for yourself, accumulating for yourself, accumulating for yourself, accumulating for yourself. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Meaning the guy was experiencing prosperity. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store the crop. You have no place to store the crop. If you have no place to store the crop, does it mean there is no place where the crop can go to? I have no place to store the crop. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus of grain. And I said to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, 
you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? That's the question I want to leave you this morning with. As you are approaching wealth for yourself, as you are thinking of prosperity is for self-exaltation, the question is, who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Because you did not prepare this for anybody else, you prepared it for yourself, for your family. Who will get it once you are gone? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. That is the catch this morning, people of God, is that just like David told his son, may the Lord prosper you and may you build the house of God. The true nature of prosperity is that God empowers you to meet your needs. God empowers you to not be a burden to others. God empowers you to be a blessing to others. But more than that, God empowers you to become a kingdom advancer. That through you, through you, his house can be built. As you are sitting there building houses just for yourself, the house of God can wait, no problem. But one day you will leave that house. The Bible says, naked you and I came to this world. And naked, we're going to leave this world. Jesus told his disciples, do not store up for yourself treasures down here. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Meaning, learn to transit things on the other side. Because that is where you're going to be for all eternity. So as I summarize, why does God want to prosper you? Why is God wanting the wealth of Egypt to come into your hands? Is it to make you rich and greedy? And, and proud? No. Number one, God knows that you have needs, like I said. Number two, God doesn't want you to be a burden. Number three, God wants you to be a blessing, not a burden, a blessing. And number four, God wants you to help advance his kingdom. If you understand those four purposes, when you ask God, Lord, bless me, you will know why you are asking him to bless you. And when God bless you, you will not be like the people in Deuteronomy, when the house is full, when the field has produced, they forget the Lord their God. May you not be like them. But may you remember the Lord your God because it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Stand on your feet, everybody. This morning, I just want you to pray one prayer. And that prayer is, Lord, prosper me for your glory. Not for my glory. First of all, give me the right heart. Because I believe family, people of God, that prosperity is nothing for God. Streets in heaven are made of gold, according to Revelations. Gold, streets, they are made of gold. There's too much of it. But there's so scarcity of gold down here because of the greed of man. Lord, give me another heart. Help me understand the purpose of prosperity. So that as I'm asking you for a job, it's not so that I can buy that pair of jeans and impress everybody. As I'm asking you for a job, so that I can buy my new Golf GTI and start raving around the, 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 the township. No. 
and forget about church and forget about prayer and forget about everything. No. I want to prosper so I can be a blessing. One, two, three. Everybody begin to pray that prayer right now, wherever you are. Shebele mandala prese prekando kabra shepalage de branda zete prekazu kata kapaze kapako de palamanda zepre kando kapra shente prezi kapako de paladevade. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you for your word. That is healing us. That is changing us. That is building us. The right mind, Lord. The right heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You are watching me this morning and you are saying, Pastor, I want to take the first step. The first step. The rich fool was rich for himself. God wants to enrich us, but for his glory. You access that door through Jesus Christ. That's the first step. Every blessing God has for you, every prosperity God has for you is locked up in Jesus Christ. You can never access it apart from Jesus. Any other way to access it, it means Satan gave it to you. Because it is only accessible through Jesus. So this morning you are saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to come to God. I want to trust God. I don't want to say yes to Satan. I want to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to count up to three. If you want to give your life to Jesus, have him forgive your sins, give you a new life, get you on your way to this beautiful journey of prosperity with responsibility, I want to pray with you. One, two, three, raise your right hand, wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for raising your hands. God bless all of you. Please take your hands down. Now you are already born again. You are already saved. But this morning you are revived in your spirit. You just feel like coming back to the Father again. He is that Father who is never throwing us away. He is always ready to welcome us in. At the count of three you are saying, I want to recommit my life to Christ. I want him to come back into my life. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. I recommit my life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, let's pray together. Mean every word you say. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me, forgiving me, saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or 
You can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Pazima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day, and remember, we are alive to give life.